welcome to Med School Faith, the podcast for students who are just trying to walk with Christ towards that degree. My name is Uwana, I'm a med school student, and I love Jesus. Welcome to the podcast. So this episode is basically going to be a tell-all about my experience during dedicated studying for Step 1. If you are not a medical student, then you can just pretend that I was studying for the MCAT or the LSAT or the bar exam, even though I don't really know what the bar exam is and what studying for that is like, but I'm sure it's like, I don't know, like aligned enough basically. So this experience that I'm about to tell you about, like the fast that I took to prepare for step one and for my career and all of that, um, this entire experience took me for a whirlwind. And I definitely feel like I've grown my relationship with God and grown, you know, spiritually and in that sense, you know, grown in maturity, but it definitely was an experience and you'll see why like by the end, it'll make a lot more sense. But first, I just want to preface this story by saying like my main outlook on medical school and just in life is I'm a child of God first and then I'm a medical student. But it's really hard to have that mindset while you're actually in school, like It's hard to make time for God first. It's hard to make sure that you're prioritizing him. And it takes practice to be able to do that well. And eventually, you know, we all get there, but it's a work in progress. So the purpose of this fast is, you know, if you're studying for any, you know, big board exam, specifically step one, you know that, you know, people tend to get a little wild about it I like don't even know how to say how to say this in like a diplomatic way but like you know it doesn't necessarily bring out the best in people I personally think that it exposes sort of weak points in our ability to kind of cope and manage stress like I think that a lot of the things that manifest in people from dedicated and from step one are not caused by dedicated in step one It's simply exposing what was already there underneath the surface. So I knew that I needed to keep my eyes on God during dedicated and that the only way I could have my head on straight was if I kept my eyes just focused on Jesus. So that was the number one purpose of the fast. The second purpose of this fast was to help prepare me spiritually for rotations and residency and beyond. The reason I chose a 40-day fast is because in the Bible, oftentimes 40 days symbolizes a period of, you know, consecrating yourself and setting yourself apart to prepare for an assignment. So the first example is Moses who fasted for 40 days when he was on Mount Sinai before leading the Israelites, you know, through the wilderness. And then the second example is Jesus who fasted for 40 days before starting his ministry. And that was, you know, for each of them a really critical time. So I wanted to do something similar. That was the second reason, just spiritual preparation. The third reason is because I knew that with starting rotations and, you know, eventually in my life, I plan on getting married and starting a family. Like my time is just going to be taken up by so many different things. And one fear that I have, which is just, I don't know, maybe some of you guys can share this, is that I'm afraid that I'm going to get to a point where... I don't have as much time to spend with God as I want because of a job or family. And so I wanted to take this time to just enjoy my like freedom with God. Like that, that's, yeah, that's it. So now that we got the intros, you know, out of the way, let's talk about what actually happened. 
this is not a short story. It's a 40 day fast and I'm going to go pretty detailed through the first like 20 something days and then it'll get a little bit sped up and then we'll talk about the end and you know, the results and all that good stuff. I'd been thinking about doing this fast for a while. Like I'd been thinking about this for probably a few months. And then one random Saturday night, I usually take my my Sabbath on a Saturday. So I was like, you know, God, I think I want to do this. I want to do this 40 day fast during dedicated. Let me look at my calendar and see what day I would have to start so that I would have 40 days before my exam. Turns out I would have to start literally the next day, like Sunday. So I was like, okay, thanks God for, you know, bringing this to my heart so that I could start tomorrow. And the way that I usually do my 40 day fast or fasting in general, but specifically like if I do a 40 day fast, I prefer to pray at night. I think prayer is really powerful at night. And so I'll pray like for an hour at night and then I'll wake up and do praise and worship, Bible study. And then for the fast itself, it's just water until 5 p.m. I don't do a 24 hour fast. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just, I have not done that before. So I wasn't going to try to do it like this was not going to be my trial of like a 24 hour, 40 day fast, basically. So on day one of this fast, I chose my anchoring scripture, which ended up being Exodus chapter 15. If you look into Exodus chapter 15, it really is a pretty victorious passage. It's a song of praise after the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. So basically after God delivered the Israelites from Egypt, they sang this song and it's it's pretty awesome. On day two, I really started solidifying the purposes of the fast, which I just told you guys before was, you know, to keep my eyes on God, to spiritually prepare for what he has for me in this career. And then also to just like have my like nice little alone time with God and just, you know, like a little honeymoon with God. I don't know, whatever. Take it as you will. So in addition to solidifying the purposes, I started studying into Exodus chapter 15 and praying into the verses and carving out prayer points for each for each verse. If you read Exodus chapter 15, it is really good for warfare prayer. So if you want some warfare prayer or you want to delve into warfare prayer, this will be your prayer points. And so I just basically started incorporating these prayer points into the rest of my prayer schedule. So I'll give you an example, and that's from Exodus chapter 15, verse 7. So I use the New King James Bible. So it says, and in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. So this is like pretty um, violent imagery, and it's talking about God and how God conquered the people who rose against him. In Egypt, Pharaoh was considered a god. So that's the context. And so I really use this verse to think about the idols in my life. And I prayed that God would consume everything in my life that I put before him. So every idol in my life, the prayer was literally like, God, whatever is an idol in my life, consume it. If there are relationships I put before you, if there are, you know, I love YouTube. If there is like YouTube channels I ever put before you, just consume all of it. I want you to be my number one. And the reason why I'm bringing this up as my example of a prayer point from the scripture is because I really want to emphasize that this fast was not to get a good score. That just was not the purpose. The purpose was to align myself with God's heart and with his will for me. 
So moving on to day six, I prayed from verse 17, which says, you will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. And so the Israelites are basically sort of kind of like prophesying about what God will do for them in the future, that God will bring them in that he will plant them in the mountain of his inheritance, the mountain that he has made for his own dwelling, which his hands have established. So it's very God-centered. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's going to be really important later. So as an aside, I was also reading the book of Numbers at this time. And one of the big themes in the book of Numbers for me was the question, is God my ride or die? Like, am I about this life, this like Christian walk enough that I will follow God where he goes, when he goes, even if that means going into war? And the reason why I was thinking about this is because in the book of Numbers, the Israelites, they're wandering through the wilderness and there was a pillar of cloud over their camp by day and there was a pillar of fire over their camp by night and that was God's presence. And so whenever the cloud rose up from their camp and started moving, they would literally pack up their entire camp and start moving to follow the cloud because that's where God was going. That's why I started thinking, you know, am I right or die that I will follow God where he goes, when he goes for 40 years if I have to. And I feel like God really was using the book of Numbers to work on my heart and to really challenge my commitment to him and my commitment to his will and to his purpose for my life. Because the Israelites were eventually led into war for the promised land. And as a Christian, like there are, you know, different spiritual battles that we're going to have to fight. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But basically, this sort of attitude of following God despite my fears is actually what got me to start working on this podcast. So thank God for that. Um, But basically, I started praying for the podcast too. And so on day nine, I prayed for favor with patients, like the patients on the wards, and favor with medical professionals, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit while I'm on the wards. And so this was when I started incorporating prayers about my career and about my future. And it was literally just, God, I want to I want to be filled with your spirit throughout this professional walk. I want to have favor with the people around me. I want to have uncommon favor with the people around me. So just praying for praying into sort of what I wanted for myself in my career and also the, what God wanted for me in my career. All right. So that was day nine. And on day 10 through 14, I sort of started praying about my step score though you know I'd been praying about that like for the months leading up to dedicated and I was trusting God for a really high score but I got to a place where I was really focusing on God's will and specifically on God's glory because in my head I thought I want this score so that I can tell people hey if you rely on God you don't have to You don't have to lose your head and you don't have to get like lost in the sauce of this stuff if you rely on God and keep your head on straight and trust him and, you know, put him first. This is what could happen. But even though that was what was going on in my head, I wasn't 100% sure if that was what was going on in my heart. And so it took a few days. But basically, my prayer was, God, if my heart cannot give you 100% glory for this score, I don't want it. Like if in my heart, I cannot completely attribute it to you, I don't want this score. Like I don't want anything in life that I cannot attribute 100% to you and give you all the glory because the purpose of this fast and the purpose of my walk, you know, in medicine is not about a step score. It's about growing as a Christian and that being reflected in the things that I do with my life. So 
that was definitely a heart check for me. Um, and God really started working on my heart. And I got to a point where I felt like I had put this score completely in his hands and was completely relying on him. Also, around the same time, I was reading Exodus chapter 14, which is when the Israelites actually crossed the Red Sea. And I got this really amazing image of the Israelites between the Egyptians and the Red Sea. So like between a rock and a hard place, they had no exit strategy. And it was literally like either God saved them or they would all die. There was no other option. And they were really forced to trust God in that situation. So around the time I was praying for my step score, I also started incorporating prayers that God would just block off all my exit strategies. Like God, any exit strategy, anything that I would use to kind of divert myself from you and from your will, cut it off, block it off. I want to have no choice but to follow you and to trust you. So yeah, basically what I'm doing is I'm, I'm walking you guys through the story and I'm also like adding along the prayer points that I was praying, you know, during this fast. So day 15, I watched Transformation Church's Rip Up Your List sermon, which is a fantastic sermon, highly recommend. And there is a part where Pastor Mike Todd, he lets us listen to a recording of a prophecy that he got probably over 10 years ago when he was pretty young. And one of the parts of the prophecy was the prophetess said, God will draw out of you the things that would defile you. And that hit my spirit so hard. Like, God, I want you to draw out of me anything that would defile me, anything that would defile the the plan that you have for my life, anything that would negatively impact your will for my life, Lord, draw it out of me. So that started being my prayer around day 15. And whoo, God, okay. This, this Lord, this God, he's funny. By day 18, I was in a bad mood, bad, bad. I was in a, I was in a nasty mood and it wasn't until nighttime that I realized that God was literally answering my prayer. In this bad mood, God was drawing out all kinds of stuff from my heart that would defile my heart. He was drawing it out. He was answering my prayer. He was also doing it in dreams that I was having. Like I would have these dreams and I was like, this is horrible. But it was a reflection of something in my heart that I just hadn't hadn't realized or didn't want to face. And so I, I ended up thanking God like, God, thank you for answering my prayer and and continuing to answer this prayer because it is a prayer that he continually answers in my life. He continues to draw things out. And then I started praying about all the stuff coming to the surface and just, you know, really focusing spiritually on that. So day 19 comes. And it's important to add at this point that people's exams had been getting canceled for weeks, weeks, weeks. And it was pretty brutal to say the least. It was really anxiety producing for a lot of people. And so when everyone else's exam was getting canceled, I got two confirmation emails of my exam, like like two confirmation emails. And I was like, you know, God, thank you for helping me to keep my emotions in check. Thank you for these confirmation emails. And Lord, whether or not my exam gets canceled in the future, I put my trust in in you so you know for days one through 18 that was basically my prayer like god thank you for helping me to to rely on you to keep my eyes on you and i trust you and funny that i was praying that because on day 19 my exam got canceled and so that night i like have a quote in my journal that says my exam got canceled but god says yes and i think it was from a sermon from my home church And the sermon was called When God Says Yes. And so I wrote, my exam got canceled, but God said yes. And that's what I was praying into. I'm not going to go too deeply into the story of like my exam getting canceled and like getting a new test date, because honestly, that was just not 
big deal for me. I knew that it was God's will for me to take this test, so I wasn't super pressed about it. So I'm not really going to talk about it because, in fact, I don't think it's that interesting of a story. So moving on, day 20. I had dinner with my friend, and it was kind of a reversal of a dinner that I, or a lunch, I guess, that I hosted for him and our two other friends when they were starting their dedicated period for step one a year ago. And so it was very similar. He was just speaking lots of powerful words into my life. And one prayer point that I got from that conversation was, Holy Spirit, I want to commune with you throughout my rotations. I want to be communing with you all day, every day. I want to feel your presence and I want to commune with you while I'm in the hospital. That was a really great prayer point. It's still one that I pray on. It's actually the prayer point that I struggle with the most. So I might do an episode on that in the future. If you want to hear about my experience trying to commune with God on the wards and basically making sure that I keep my eyes on him throughout the day while I'm on my rotations, I can definitely talk about that. But spoiler or disclaimer, it's something that I still struggle with for sure. So days 26 through 40, I won't go into too much like detail day by day, but long story short, I was at home with my family and we do worship every morning. So we did like our worship every morning and I was, you know, watching services from my home church. So there's like Sunday service, there's Bible study and there's prayer. So it's three services. And I was praying into those prayer points in addition to the prayer points of the first 25 days of this fast. So all of this is to say that there wasn't like additional prayer points to add to this story right now. Like, so if you came here for prayer points, the ones that I told you are the ones that I have. But this is where we start getting into the second half of the story and like what actually happened with my test and all of that. So if you're interested in hearing that, keep listening. So UWorld 2 went very, very well for me. And if you do not know what UWorld 2 is, even if you're a med student and you don't know what UWorld 2 is yet, all you need to know is that UWorld 2 is a practice test and it very closely predicts your score. So UWorld 2 went swimmingly and I was like, oh God, like, oh, we chilling, we chilling. Like I just, I was just, I don't know. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. I I left you world too, just feeling very confident in what God was doing in my life and confident in what God was doing in this exam and life was good. On like a totally separate note at home, I was just so at peace. Like I would study and sometimes I would just be like, girl, God has already given you your score. Like the score is already settled. So stop worrying. Like at this point, you're studying as a formality to know the information, but your score is settled in heaven and on earth. So I was at peace. So my fast is over at this point, so it's a good time to add that all of the prayers that I've been praying and all of the studying that I had done in my Bible was being reinforced literally every week through different sermons from different churches and through my Bible study group. So that was just like a nice confirmation that I was sort of on the right track. It's, I don't know, it's just nice to have confirmation from different sources of what God is sort of doing in you. So two weeks later, after I took my test, I got my score back. And funny enough, This score was lower than the score that I had faith for, and it was also significantly lower than my UWorld 2 score. So that was kind of, I don't know, that kind of shook me. And I I still have a lot to learn on my faith walk, but something that I've known for a very long time now is it does not matter the end result. My response needs to be one of praise always every time worst case scenario best case scenario as children of god we respond with praise and that is something that really glorifies god 
So the first words to come out of my mouth were just, God, thank you for this score. Thank you for this fast. Thank you for, you know, what you're doing with this score. Thank you for the gift of this score. And I was praying that even though in my heart, I was definitely sad because this score was lower than like anything I could have expected. But I I mean, I think that's a lesson. It's important. I like want to say this in a way that is um, not diplomatic, but... I want to say this carefully. I don't think that you should ignore your emotions, but I do think that it's important to speak life despite your emotions. Like your emotions should not dictate what your mouth says and the words that come out of your mouth. So if I'm feeling sad because my score was lower than I thought, okay, you know, that's the reality of my situation. But I'm going to speak words of truth, which is that my God is great and that he has set the score aside for me because it is better than what I had for myself. Like, I'm still going to speak those words, even if my heart is still sad about the outcome. In any case, that was like kind of a superficial sadness anyway, because the deeper sadness was more like, God, I was seeking you. You know, I took the time to question my desire for the score that I wanted to make sure that it wasn't my pride, but your glory that was driving the score that was on my heart. I believe that the score that I eventually got was the one you willed and gifted for me, but why not just modify my desire so that it would match the outcome? Like, why not just change my desires in my heart so that it would match the score that you actually would give me? This makes me afraid to want things because I can't seem to align my desire with yours. That was what I prayed at the time, and that was my deeper sadness. And yeah, that was that was just a deeper sadness because I think it's scary to feel like you're running after God and you're seeking God and despite that you're still getting it wrong and that's how I felt at that moment. So, it was it was pretty sad for me. 3 days later, after, you know, 3 days of being in my feelings, I just took a fast because I just needed to draw closer to God. And after a very long conversation with the Holy Spirit, this was my main takeaway. God used this fast to bring me exactly where he wanted me to be, which goes back to Exodus 15, 17, where it talks about God, you know, bringing the Israelites to a place that he's established with his own hand to a place of his inheritance. You know, God brought me where he wanted me. And that was the case in three different ways. The first way is that he got me to surrender my score and the end result to him. Because the score that I wanted was so high that I literally just had to lay it on the cross and I had to be like, God, this score is so high that it could not even in a million years belong to me. This score belongs to you. And in addition, if this score is not your will, whatever your will is belongs to you. It's only a gift that you give to me, but it is your will and it's you who's going to take the glory for it. So that that space of surrendering was something that this fast really got me to. And I'm so, so thankful for it because in life, You know, for us to be used by God to do the things that he wants to do with us, surrender is the name of the game. So I was thankful for that. The second place that God got me to is a place where I was spiritually prepared to put his will above mine. Like when you think about cutting off exit strategies, when you think about, you know, following God into battle, the idea is my will is to have an easy life and to live very comfortably God's will for me is, yeah, you know, to have joy and to not, you know, have want, but there are spiritual battles that we all have to face in life. And God's will for me is to succeed and to be victorious, but his will for me is to fight them. You know what I mean? And, and to fight them with him alongside him. And I think that God really prepared my heart to put his will 
to fight the battles that need to be fought above my own will to run away from battles. So that's the second thing. The third thing is that God really reminded me that I have to separate my performance from the results that I actually achieve. So the idea is performance versus results. And the way that I sort of understood this was, you know, my UWorld score was great. It validated all of the work that I put into studying well and trusting God. The Lord used my UWorld score to say, Juana, this is how well you prepared, but the end result depends on me. Even though your final score was lower than UWorld 2, it's the exact score that I want for you. And by the time you match into residency, you'll understand why. My performance was my UWorld 2 score. The result was the score that I actually got, which was the score that God had for me. And AKA means that it's better. So that's the story. It's pretty long, but I hope that you enjoyed it. It really challenged me, honestly, this entire experience. And FYI, I'm recording this in late July. This experience took place the beginning of May through the beginning of July. So this is all super recent for me also, but it really challenged me and the way that I think about achievement because the better outcome is the one that God gave me. But if you're talking to somebody in the world, they would consider it a worse outcome because it just so happens to be a lower score objectively you know, what God has for us is not necessarily going to be what the world wants for us. And the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world. You know what I mean? And the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. And so you can't just apply the storyline of success of the world to God's story for you because he has his own story that's already been written. And I think this experience really helped me to understand that. So I hope that this story encourages you and I hope that it challenges you as you prepare for exams and prepare to, you know, move through your career. And I hope that just like it did for me, it helps you get to a place where you're giving God room to grow you and also to just surprise you and to let you be surprised by his will and by his plans for your future versus your plans for your own future. As always, I pray that the Holy Spirit will just help you to receive whatever he has for you in this episode. If you have any questions or comments about anything I've talked about, or if you have anything that you want to add that you want me to mention in a future episode, definitely feel free to reach out to me at medschoolfaith at gmail.com and I'll try to hit you back over email or just discuss it in a later episode. 